Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Bing bong, little bing bing bong. Hello, it's suggestible time. I did a short one today. Wow, I can't believe it's suggestible time already. Bing bong, I got you again with the bong. You double bong I did. Hello, What everyone. is the show even, though? Well, let me tell you, James. This is Suggestible, a podcast where we recommend you things to watch, read, and listen to. My name is Claire Tonti. James Clement is here also. <laughs> we are married. Yep. And occasionally we just delve into the things we hate. But mostly we tell you things that you might want to watch. No, we talk about things we like, don't we? We, we do. very rarely. I don't think well, this is, yeah. Look, my other show is the one where I'm, where I'm like, I hate this. And let me tell you why I hate it for 25 minutes. <laughs> well, this is a light of positivity and shiny yeah, if brightness. You, if you want me to talk about why I didn't like a lie to you for 25 minutes, uh, then, you, yeah, you should absolutely listen to our latest episode. Great. Okay, cool. <laughs> is that what you want to hear? No. I just feel like it was a missed opportunity, Claire. Well, I mean, the rest of that franchise is so brilliant. Yeah. There's not a bad one. That's I agree. And so they've really buggered it all up. Do you want to watch a movie that is the origin of Buzz Lightyear but not the toy? It's the movie that's based that the toy is based on that Andy saw in the cinemas in 1995. Oh, is that what it is? See, so that's is the it, problem. Is it a live action? No, but it's like supposed to be, I guess, technically. Oh, I hate that's that. A, see, that's the problem because you're like, what is it? You yes, know? a thousand People don't know what it is. It's not doing very well. But so, is you know. this a kind of Frozen 2 scenario where you hated it because it was very complicated, but I loved it's it. It's not complicated. And I didn't hate it. Like, I understood it. I think it's actually a really solid idea, but it just wasn't very fun. I'm like, this This isn't a movie that... A, not everything has to a, be fun. Everything has to be fun. Well, if it's a movie that, like, captured the imagination of the planets and it's this... It's the hottest selling toy in the world, and Andy's like, "Oh my god, it's a Buzz Lightyear!" And it's the great, and they and they flew off the shelves. Yeah, and it was that has to franchise. be fun. Then it yeah, has to be I was a talking movie about Frozen too. Oh right, yeah, well that is <laughs> which a, I love. Yeah, that's true. You do into the unknown. Oh, it love has it. to be a movie into that people like. <laughs> yes, I agree with you. It should have or just kids been will like, like fun. Yeah, yeah totally. And yeah. it wasn't so fun. Didn't think so. Oh, no. Maybe anyway. everyone's brains have short-circuited but that's over okay. COVID. Not everything has to be as good as the movie Jurassic World Correct. Dominion. How long are we going to talk about this for? Can we talk about something I want to talk about? I would love, about? actually, if we're going to talk about other things, <laughs> I'd love for you to give us your latest and greatest suggestible, Claire. Ooh, all right. I'm super excited for this one. Cool. This is really good. I don't know if anyone's noticed a theme recently, but I've been recommending some parenting stuff. Has anybody Just, noticed that? I don't know, but uh, I'm in it. I'm right in the thick of it. And this one I thought that you would actually really Don't like. worry, everybody. I have a good thing after Claire does. So if you're listening, oh, you're like, I'm not a parent and I don't want to be a parent and I hate kids, don't worry. i got something for you. Don't even stress. Well, actually, this will also be useful even if you're not a parent. It's an Instagram account that a very good friend of mine recommended. It's called Kids Eat in Colour. And there's a full stop between each of those. It's on Instagram. It's run by... Don't stop giving me that frowny look. It's actually really excellent. I'm just frowning in general. This is my face, Claire. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. It's really, <laughs> it's really uh, looking a little old there, mate. Mm. <laughs> 
He's so, he's so grumpy. See, that sort of grumps. You were asking me the other day, why do I have less wrinkles than you? And I think it's genuinely because I frown less than you. Mm, that's <laughs> not true. I'm very sunny. I have a All very your misery is slowly coming out on your face. <laughs> that's what's happening over time. That's probably true. Yeah. Please. So it's run by a woman called Jennifer Anderson, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer, Jennifer Anderson. Anderson, who is a registered dietitian and a particularly uh, pediatric registered dietitian. Oh. So she specializes in helping kids to eat stuff, oh. which I feel like every second parent I speak to has a kid that would could do with some help eating. And also who can bloody remember what to cook? I can never remember. Anyway, so she has a Master's of Science in Public Health from Johns Hopkins School of Public Health. And in 2017, she found Kids Eat in Colour, a resource that helps children and families have better nutrition and mental health. Oh, that's I fun. know. It's really good. Prior to starting Kids Eating Colour, she coordinated youth nutrition programs at a food bank, performed research in inner city food deserts, and consulted for the USDA National Office, which right. is super interesting. So she's got a lot of experience, and it's a lot of uh, really excellent tips, all based in science. Okay. So yeah, it's yeah. not just like, I'm a mum and don't get me wrong, those accounts are great too, but I'm a mum and this is what I found works for my kids. Yeah, so it's not like, I'm a mum and sausages give your kids autism or something. <laughs> no. And look, there's some really great accounts run by parents who are just working it out as they go and that's great too. But yeah, she's definitely. very well researched and excellent. She has guides, a lot of free resources, but you can also buy her book, Kids Eat in Colour as mm. well. And it's an ebook. It's like $37, I think. An electronic um, book? Correct. But there are just some really great things that I think she debunks. One is the idea that we're, we should be giving our kids food and making them eat it. Like they have to sit there and eat the whole thing. Right, right, And she right. said that actually can make picky kids get even more defiant and make mealtimes really stressful and cause more issues. And so what we need to be doing, oh, this is so interesting, is just exposing them over and over. To food. Yes. And yep. we're not forcing them to eat it. If they eat it, they do. If they don't, they don't. But the only way that we'll get them to eat more types of foods and yeah, foods yeah, yeah. that are nutrient dense and important for their growth is to keep exposing them to it. That makes sense. And obviously yeah. some kids are more prone to being picky eaters than others. But I'm I'm really guilty of this of like, oh well, they won't eat that, so I'm not gonna serve it. Because they won't eat that. Yeah, you're like, oh, why bother? It's just a waste. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Whereas she kind of says, and I think it's really true, that we just, we don't pressure them. It might just be that it's on their plate all the time. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they have to actually eat it. It's just exposing them to what it looks like. Mm. And I thought that was cool. And she had another tip as well about lunch boxes. Yeah. And she has two, a lot of the, a lot of this is done in pictures, but. Often what we do is overfill our kids' lunchboxes and then get cross at them when they don't eat everything. Right, okay, and yeah, sometimes yeah. having too much food in a lunchbox can actually kind of turn them off from eating it because they feel like it's kind of too much in there yes, and a bit too overwhelming. Yeah. And so having less food sometimes is then less overwhelming. Right. So I think that's really good. It's a really good tip, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. So rather than forcing them to eat all their sandwiches, we're kind of teaching them to eat just to how they're feeling mm. and how if they're full. But we provide fruits and veggies. And she said if you can't get them to eat veggies, fruits can be quite a good substitute. So don't right. panic about the sugar in fruit. And she's also just really kind and she's like, and also if none of this is your priority at the moment and your priority is just getting through the day, cool. Feed your kids chicken nuggets. No judgment. It's totally fine. 
like there's just she's really like um, supportive of parents and not kind of judgmental. It's more just like here are some things that I tried. Like another example she had, which I thought was really cool, is that she sets up her iPhone and she sets the kids a challenge where they can do vegetable selfies where they can film themselves eating veggies. And she'll allow them to film it and then they can watch it back. And she said, weirdly, so often kids will do it because I think it's really fun to like eat a whole carrot or eat a whole piece of asparagus on film. I don't know why. (laughs) Like bite into a whole capsicum (laughs) or something. That's a good idea. Yeah, so I thought that was really cool. Um, And she also, which is really nice, goes through on her website, there's a guide to the colours of food. So that's the reason why it's called Kids Eat in Colour. Right, okay. Is that rather than just saying these are healthy foods and these are junk foods, which I know I'm guilty of, she says what's actually kind of research-based is that we tell kids exactly what colour foods do in our bodies. So things like carrots are orange and they actually can help your eyesight. There are vitamins and oranges that help your eyes to okay, see better, cool. you know, stuff like that. So we're actually kind of teaching them by colour what the food actually does in our body, which she said research shows is actually more likely to encourage kids to eat it than just kind of dividing them into healthy and not healthy. Hmm. Yeah, stuff like that. This is interesting, and but you 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 said up top that this is only for this is for everybody, not just parents. Yeah, I think this is interesting because we're just little people. And there are, you know, there are adults in our lives and who are also fussy eaters and don't try things. So you pack their lunchboxes. <laughs> no. Actually, there was a life. lovely video she did where it's just, where she basically just says it's never too late. It's not too late if your child is six or 11 or an adult or yeah. you yourself. It's never too late go to, to broaden what you eat. I'm like, Dad, I want you to eat this <laughs> capsicum on film. <laughs> and if you're really good, you can watch it back. Good, good dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Excellent. At 70 or whatever he is. That's right. Exactly. Correct. Look, you know what? I just think that we could all do with, you know, eating a, a wider variety of fruits and veggies and, and just broadening our diets a bit, right? Well, I disagree. Cleaning them up a bit? No, I don't think so. Anyway, it's my turn, Claire. <laughs> so it's my turn. I know. I've just really got into it. Well, I'm happy that you're recommending fruits and vegetables for everybody. Oh, you're everybody. so annoying. Anyway, the Instagram account is called Kids Eat in Colour and it's just really supportive and wonderful and it's followed by Dr. Becky as well. Who oh, yeah, I yeah. also really love Dr. Becky. Good insight. Kids so, Eat Two in. good professionals. What, which spelling of colour? Oh, it's the American spelling It is. Of it's colour. an American site. Makes yeah, sense. So it's very enthusiastic. Just a heads up if that's not your jam. Ugh, unfollow James. immediately. Hang on, <laughs> let me check their Instagram story. Anyway, I just feel like sometimes with this parenting caper. Too many stories. I don't like Oh, this. you're so annoying. Sometimes with this parenting caper, Dr. Becky had posted this video yesterday that spoke so much to me. She's like, so often we undervalue anything to do with parenting or parenting help. Maybe it's a gender thing. Mm. It's also like, oh, it's a lame thing. And she said there are what do you mean so parenting help. What is that? You know, mean? like any kind, like sites that are around parenting, right? Okay, or yeah, Instagram yeah. accounts, or you know, books about parenting. This is a mum blog or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And it's kind of subtly put down. And even I am guilty of that kind of thinking, uh, boring, or oh, a bit lame, or whatever. But she said in every other industry, there are a thousand books written about. I don't know how to. I don't know. How to pick up chicks. Yeah, exactly. Or any of it. How do you like pick up chicks? How to make the best chips or, you know, whatever it is. There's like thousands, you know, the best gardening tips or I don't know, all those Fortune 500, how to become a, you know, smash it and be a startup. Uh, yeah, exactly. All of that brand. stuff. 
Correct, exactly. So parenting is one of the most important jobs that, you know, we are doing currently. I would the argue moment. the most important job is probably something like an astronaut or something. I think oh, that would, that's pretty important. Yeah, no, but who's think. raising the astronauts? Anyway, Other all astronauts. I'm saying is it's a very important job and we shouldn't shy away from trying to upskill ourselves. And there are all of these experts out there who spend their lives studying this shit who can actually help. Because sometimes my brain goes, well, that won't actually help. They don't know my child. And sometimes it's true. <laughs> but often there's actually some yeah. really good uh, think, knowledge out there. And I think there is like a there is like an anti kind of, not everywhere, but there's an anti kind of um, educational kind of slant on like the media. It's like, oh, this egghead, what what do they know? They don't, they don't know common sense like I do or whatever. Yeah, and they absolutely do know yeah. it's like, much no, more than you. It's like, no, you're a stupid person. You know, you're so stupid. <laughs> no, you it's not even stupid that. It's not even the stupid. It's just that there is a real value in someone choosing one narrow area of study and then really studying it. I completely agree. <laughs> you know, there's just so much value in knowledge, obviously. That seems like a strange thing that we have to say out loud. But you're right. There is just something weird about that. And then there's also the weird valuing at the same what am I trying to say? That like someone will, you know, if someone who's done a PhD in a particular field yeah. will be given the same weight as someone who's made up a theory. Yes. I'm thinking specifically of a said Joe Rogan, right? Sure. Who just interview a quack who doesn't have any actual academic background. Or they do, but they're like a weird outlier that everyone's like, yeah. no, this is wrong. Correct. Exactly. And given the same weight. And that's, I mean, it's happened yeah. with a lot of different fields. Absolutely. Climate change, I would say, is one of them. It happens with vaccines. The tide hopefully it's been is turning. The 90s. Correct. Before. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm loving and look, I know I'm very hope punk about all of our politics currently because, you know, it's still government and things take a long time, but I'm loving some of the great changes they're making at the moment. I agree. It's given me a huge amount of hope. Yeah. But let's sure. not hope for anything. Claire, <laughs> it's time for me to recommend a show to you right now and everybody listening. It's called From. You familiar with this show, Claire? No, I'm not. I actually forgot to uh, find the creators of From. Are you, it's like a you, you know Stephen King. Like he does, like he loves a spooky town. right? He does love a spooky town. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, is it like Stranger Things kind of esque spooky town? Uh, a bit. Yeah. It's uh, so it's a television series created by John Griffin. Here's the synopsis: The residents of a small town search for a way out when unknown forces keep them from leaving. So it stars uh, Harold Perrino. Ian Bailey, Catalina Sedino Morello, and uh, Ricky He, among many others. Now, have you ever seen the movie I Am Legend with Will Smith? I certainly have. Forget that movie, Claire. <laughs> but have you ever read the book I Am Legend, which the book, which the movie I Am Legend is loosely based off? No. It's a bit of a mix of that. It's a bit of a mixed up mix of Lost. There's even one cast member from Lost. It's a bit of a mix of the show Under the Dome, if you've ever uh, I actually, seen Actually, we loved the first half of we that. We watched some of Under the we Dome. We did. We really enjoyed it until, like, most of these you suddenly realise they can't oh, this solve it in an anywhere. interesting way. <laughs> yeah. So, basically, this is a small town in the middle of we don't actually know. And what happens is... We don't actually know. No, we don't know. That's part of this premise, right? It's, it's, it's set in the modern day and, like, people will just be driving and there'll be a tree that's fallen across the road and then they'll back up and then they'll drive through this town and then when they go to drive out of the town, they just keep circling and coming back into this town. You cannot leave. And that's how literally everybody got there. And not only that, they've all come from different places in the US of A. So these experiences of how they arrived, they're all the same, but they've happened in different states. So it's in this kind of... Pocket dimension. I'm not. I'm not really sure exactly what's. That's kind of part of the mystery, right? And what happens is at nighttime, that's in this old town where there's not really anything going on. That like somebody has built it at some point, 
but they mostly rely on, you know, the food that they can grow there and the animals that are there and, you know, what you bring in. And so, but in addition to that, at night, very, very spooky people come out and they come up to the windows and the doors of your house and they're like, hey, let me in. I'm cold. Oh, I don't like Come let me, oh. me Let me in. I'm, I'm your grandma or whatever. And they're like, yeah, I'm looking like my grandma. And they're like, nah, I am. Open the window or whatever. And so if you let them in, they'll like literally rip you apart and murder you and eat you, right? So that's oh. the – so, and they're just like they're, they're just like dressed like – I don't know, like one might be like a woman from the 1800s. One might be like a milkman. They're just – Oh, I hate that. Yeah. It's making me feel very unsettled. Yeah, they're spooky monster people, right? Uh, but but there are ways of keeping them at bay, which the show like uh, elaborates on. But it's not really it's not about them so much. It's kind of like in the way that The Walking Dead. It's not really about the zombies. Like it, it's a, it, obviously it is, but it's more about the people in the town, right? And mm-hmm. and the situation and and how people kind of react and survive and working together or against each other uh, the, for a common goal. Uh, which in this case is to find out what the fuck is happening. Where are they? How do they leave? Some people have been there their entire life, like 60 plus years. And every few months somebody will, you know, somebody new will kind of roll on through and nobody has ever left. And it's just like people just get murdered all of the time. So, uh, and it's. That's horrendous. Yeah, and it's, but some of the new people that have arrived, one of the characters is, he builds roller coasters. Another one is like a tech bro kind of app building guy. And him and and, and a bunch of other people decide to like, we need to get a signal out of here. We need to figure out what what is going on. So they're using the expertise of the people in the town, which is run like a small like a small town is run because you know they've got some semblance of society. Uh, but again, there's all these other underlying factors going on, and it's just a bit of a spooky time, Claire. But it's uh it's very good. There's ten episodes at the moment. It has been renewed for season two, which I made sure. Actually, I didn't make sure. Stan, which is the streaming service that's on in Australia, it's like. It's, it's like, watch this or whatever, and then it's a big letter, big word that's like, renewed for season two. Like, you can watch this and it will continue at some point, so, which is good. So it is it is coming back. Um, I really enjoy it. I, th- I think it was. Cool. Really, is it as good as The Walking Dead? I didn't like The I Walking Dead. I don't like The Walking Dead. I thought you, uh, I liked you the watched first, all of that, No, you? I absolutely. It's still going. And no, oh, God. I watched the first five seasons maybe, but only really the first season and then sporadic episodes are any good of that show, I felt. It's like really well cast and really well acted and looks amazing, but it's just kind of, it's suffered from like various budget cuts and firing writers and the stories kind of all over the place and I don't, I don't, I like the comic The Walking Dead. I read all of The Walking Dead Maybe that's what I'm thinking about. Maybe uh, I'm just thinking you seem like The Walking Dead. <laughs> I seem like that, don't I? Claire? Thank you very much. Operating at forty percent. It's true, uh, but from I, what is it on? Is it on FX or something? I don't oh, know. It's on Epics. I you think brought over, it in. overseas, but it's got um, the lead guy is he's from Lost, and you would know him. He's also in Ro- Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. He's the dude who gets stabbed. He's the mate that gets stabbed at the start. Yeah. This guy, you know him. Lost. He's always like Walt. Oh yes, Walt! yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah, uh, excellent. It's really good. You should right. watch it. Okay. There's also Link in the Matrix sequels. Ooh, two excellent. of them. All right. Okay. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I think I will not probably watch it no, though because like I'm looking it. after my head and my heart. It's mate, very at spooky. The, moment. the first, like the opening sequence, you're like, oof, that's rough. Yeah, I can't handle this it. Is like, this is a rough experience. No, I can't. Because a friend of mine said recently, and I feel this is very true, there's a whole lot of people, and I would put probably mainly women, 
were like, why am I so tired as they sit down at 9.30 after like carrying the mental load and doing all the parenting, you know, just everything, just mm. life. And then they sit down to watch a woman get murdered. You were about to say murdered. all the parenting and yes. then you stopped yourself. I did. Because, well, statistically, we were doing You didn't want to sell me out, parenting. Claire, because no, I didn't because have James, James does heaps of parenting. No, we ah. just share it evenly. But anyway, what I'm saying is women spend, you know, all this time working really hard and carrying all this stuff and then they sit down at night and then they watch a woman get murdered on, exactly. the, on the television and then they go to bed and they're like, I wonder why I'm so tired and I can't really sleep. Mm. You don't like the show Woman Get Murdered? You know what? Awkwardly, yes. As we know on this show, for many a time I've recommended a BBC crime driver, which is basically that. Woman get but murdered. I'm working on improving myself. That's you know? great, Claire. You've got to yeah. move forwards with these things, don't you? I completely anyway, agree. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So on a side note, just a fork, is it my turn? I think oh. it might be your turn. I'm so sorry, Claire, I'm yawning. I'm yawning. If you want to just wake up for a minute, Claire, we have people who depend on us in this show, Claire. I know. And by that I mean we have ads that run on this show, so it has to be engaging. Oh, That's no, I'm it. so sorry. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. So uh, before I recommend my second thing, I wanted to quickly talk about something that I've been doing because you know how often we're recommending TV shows and books and all the things, but this yes. is something I've actually been doing. I am actively getting to know my nervous system, James. Oh, really? What's they like, this person? It's a it's a whole other person that knocks on the door and occasionally tries to eat me. Oh, what? That's <laughs> terrible news. You don't want to meet yeah, someone Yeah, she's sometimes like that. dressed as in 18th century garb. Oh, my goodness. I know. She says, let me know your grandmother. Terrible and then enough, blah, 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 eats my face. No. So I didn't really realize this. People will laugh at me. I'm not a medical professional, um, full disclaimer. However, I obviously had heard of our nervous system, right? But I'd never thought about it as something I need to care for. I've always thought about I need to care for my digestive system and what I put in my tum-tum. Got to do crunches. Got to do that. Yeah, got to look after my, you know, exercise and all of that kind of stuff. Look after my head, eat well to keep my heart healthy. Wash your hair. Never thought about my nervous system. And will this adulting thing never end no. of us all just continually having to do shit to keep us all alive? Anyway, but your nervous system, and I think it's probably a hangover from COVID. There's so many people who are super burnt out or coming down with viruses. We've got the flu going around. Yeah. And the ner- your nervous system is so keyed into how you feel about everything mm. and how that adrenaline kind of runs through your body. And so... I really didn't realize there's things you can actively do to calm it down through Name the day. One thing. All right, for instance, breathing. I know I talk about this a lot. Oh, breathing. But That's breathing. Very unique. Like no, this. But, <laughs> or like so this. Ah, ah, no, actually, ah. breathing through your nose has oh, been proven. <laughs> You're so. Can you stop? I'm trying to help my nervous system. You're but so is it is it encroaching on your nervous, my nervous system? Nervous system even worse. Yeah, because the other one one of the other things you can do is co-regulate. Oh. So if you work on your breathing, slow breathing very deeply through your nose, and you can do that square breathing technique I've talked about before, in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold yes, for four. Yes, yes, yes. But if you hold hands with someone else and you breathe together or you place your hand on their heart and their hand on your heart, 
and you kind of breathe together, you can actually calm your nervous system down. You can do that with a baby really as well. You can, and that's actually what women do or my old parents do mm. when they're rocking their baby to sleep. That's actually co-regulating your nervous system. So it helps obviously with parenting. But just in my life in general, I've noticed that I'm trying to, you know, turn lights down at night before I go to bed, do soothing things, have a bath maybe sometimes rather than a shower, like just trying to do less during the day and resting more. And actually it's really powerful. Yeah, yeah. It really is really powerful. And at the moment I'm not doing intense exercise, which I've been I've done for years and years and years, and I'm not doing that. And I thought I would feel really miserable and terrible. But actually because my body's been so run down, it's been the best thing. So I just am going for long walks. This is feeling good. Which is also like really soothing. So yeah, there's other cool things that you can do. Things like shaking your hands mm. for you Hello, know a couple nice of to minutes. Meet you. <laughs> Very good. So annoying. Kind of like Done shaking deal. energy out. Obviously, yoga and things like that can really help. But you know, I hate yoga. But just tiny <laughs> little things. I know yoga is really good for me. Do you like One Pilates? day I will be someone who's into yoga. Do you like Pilates? I don't like any kind of lying and stretching. Okay. I much prefer running, jumping, squatting. I don't like all this twisting my guts around. It really annoys me. I always end up feeling a bit queasy. I know it's good for me though and meditation, obviously all these things. But anyway, I just thought it's worth um, bearing in mind. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I think cool. that's very good news that you Thank met you. your nervous system. <laughs> well, I just think we could all do it a little bit more care of our nervous systems and watching like horror movies at nighttime after we've been really tired and had a stressful day is probably not going to help our nervous system because no, our body does. doesn't know and our brain doesn't know that it's fake. That does distress me. I can watch like a ghost kill a cat or something and then I can sleep. I'm yeah, like, I know, oh, but you're good. broken. <laughs> Actually, to be fair, after that first a couple episodes of From, I had weird From people coming to the windows dreams. Yeah, see? Yeah. Totally thing. And they're like, let me in. And I'm like, get out of here. You're a weird monster. Get get the fuck out of here. And I get oh. a broom and I'm like, go on, get. <laughs> Beat it. I stayed up last night to watch the television Logies, which is Australia's Oof. kind of TV award ceremony. I watched a bit of that, yeah. And I had a dream about lots of different characters who popped up in it. It was very weird and That's funny. That's great news. Oh, it was like I was at the Logies so bad. Do you think we'll ever win a Logies? What, we have to be Best on the podcast? television. They don't do podcasts. They have to be on the television. Soon we would as, have to have our little mugs as soon as they on open the television. It up to Best podcast, I'm going to ruin that event. Why Mark do my you words. feel like you need to ruin <laughs> award ceremonies? Can't you just let people enjoy their night of nights? No. Why do you have to be such a miser? <laughs> I don't you, know. The one podcast award because I don't even enter them anymore because I know how much you just like make fun of them. So I'm not wasting my time entering them. But the one time that we did enter the Weekly Planet and you won the Popular Vote Award, you yeah. didn't even go to the ceremony. No, well, I just the, I I appreciated that people did it, and that's 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 what I get out of it. I got the award. It's in a I know. There's, the, there's nothing more depressing than, which happens a lot at the Australian TV Week Logie Awards, where the people who win the award don't actually turn up. And there's all the other people in the audience who would love to win the award yeah. and are on the screen, but they don't win. Like, and then, oh, the, then the presenter just takes it. There's yeah. like, and this year there were I'm probably like six or seven people who just didn't even bother to send a video in either. Oh, nice. Like, who? which oh, I can't remember. But there was just a lot of them. Every now and then they're like, best foreign show. And they're like, I don't know, NYPD Blue or whatever. I don't know what it would be. I don't really do this anymore. And they're like, no, obviously nobody from that showed up. 
I don't know. I did. Maybe they do. I did. I missed that one. Yeah, great anyway, stuff. Anyways, no. If, if you people are into it and you win stuff, that's cool, man. Whatever. Uh, yes, correct. All right. So my second recommendation. I'll sneak it in. What I know is a cover of an incredible song called "I Used to Be a King." <gasps> Have you heard of that song? I've actually heard of this song. So the lyrics are by Taylor Nash. And I'd never I'd never heard it before, but there's this incredible cover by an artist called Sean Colvin. And Sean is going to be familiar to you because she wrote the song Sunny Came Home to Her Favorite Room. I am familiar with that song. It's like a Grammy winning song. Anyway, but Sean is in her 60s now and she's got this film clip she made a few years ago it's just her in black and white playing guitar and singing this really cool cover and I just immediately thought I have a goal now for what I want to do when I'm 60 (laughs) it was just really cool and it's an awesome cool song so that's my recommendation a song yes just one song from a million years ago yeah, but it's so great. It's like it's really been very inspiring. And I really I know this sounds strange and corny, but sometimes when you ever find a piece of art and it just makes sense in your head and yeah, you totally. think especially for women as they age, there are just less and less examples of older women making cool stuff. Yeah. And or, I, or, they, or they're doing it, but you don't hear then about it. They're doing it, but you don't hear about it. Correct. Exactly. And there are so many women and older women making really cool stuff. But you're right. But you just don't always get to see it. And yeah. I think I just loved it. It just Great. reminded me of all the things that I love about music and women aging. And she looks like someone who is actually in her 60s, which really is cool. really refreshing and cool. Um, that computer noise that everybody heard just then, that was actually your computer if you're listening to that at home, that your computer did that. That wasn't my computer, was it, Claire? It was absolutely your computer. No, if you were listening at home, that was your computer at home. It's so annoying. I, I actually also have a song to recommend. It. You reminded me of songs that everybody loves, classics from goes. the past. All right. Hey, why do you always assume that it's going to be like a weird joke or a fake thing? Because usually it is. Okay, can you at least give me the credit for once that it's not going to be something like that? And then you had a poem like that. that turned out to be a poem. That I'd was a real read. genuine effort. You <laughs> threw it in my face and I'm making another conscious effort to reach out to you on a musical level. Okay. Okay, can I play just a little bit of it? You might be familiar with Last this. time you ended up just playing me someone, what's his face, tap dancing, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth, yes. One of I them, them both, both of them. Neither of them were tap dancing, but right. they were dancing. This is from like 1996, I want to say. Anyway. It's going to be like. What is this? What is this? Why are you dancing? <laughs> Peaches. I love peaches. I like this song. It's the song Peaches, Claire, <laughs> by the Presidents of the United States. Are you familiar with this song? I am. I love this song. I actually genuinely really like this song. Just a song about peaches. Uh, that's not a real thing. I just remembered that song and then I played it. Mason, Mason Claire, fuck. <laughs> Listen, I do have a real thing. That is a good song. Uh, I watched a show called The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray. Hmm? Oh. Uh, it stars Samuel L. Jackson, Dominic Fishback, and Wally Goggs. Uh, it's about Ptolemy Gray. Hey, oh, but, but roll up a minute. Wally Goggs. His name's Walton Goggins, but we call him Wally Goggs. Okay. <laughs> 
I thought his actual name was Wally Goggs. I wish he's not. Well, he kind of looks like a Wally Goggs, if I'm honest. Do you want to see him? Goodness me. All right. Okay. Yeah, Walton Goggins. I'm a big fan of Walton Goggins. I really love that name, Walton Goggins. Yeah, he's cool, man. I I love saying it. it. Sounds like a great dude. Hi, I'm Walton Goggins. (laughs) He's got a very large, teethy smile. Yeah, I love him. Look, and I shouldn't judge anyone with a big, teethy smile. It's true. And he's got a big forehead, so he speaks my language. I'll tell you that much. All right. Uh, Anyways, Mason. So basically what's, what's going on here Also, is, just an assignment before you keep going, why have you let the creepy dog-bitten goat muppet hand? Lives up there because you let the puppy in here and she chewed, she chewed on yeah, the dog. I know, but puppet. why is the hand just hanging down there all in a creepy way? I don't care. Leave it alone. So creepy. It was in a video last week. I don't know if you saw it. Anyways, Ptolemy Gray, played by Samuel L. Jackson, is 91 years old and on the brink of sinking into dementia. But his experience, he experiences a seismic shift when given the opportunity to briefly regain his memories. And he uses that fleeting lucidity to solve his nephew's death and to come to terms with his past. So Samuel L. Jackson, right, he's living on his own. He's like, he's like, he's completely bugging out. He lives in like filth. You know, he doesn't know what's happening. His memory is failing him. People are taking advantage of him and all of these things, right? But he was this kind of, you know, amazing, powerful man who'd, who'd done all these, like, incredible things. Not, like, famous and known and, like, but, you know, he was, like, a... Had a full life. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, people, you know, forget that. You forget that when you see, like, an old person where, like, oh, this is an old guy or whatever, you know? People, you know, yeah. they probably did something, maybe even really racist, but they may have done something is what I'm saying, Claire. Correct. <laughs> so, I see. I hear uh, So with the miracle drug, he get, so in this, he gets a, like a very small window, like I think it's like six weeks where he completely regains all of his memories and he, so he gets to kind of sort out some some of the stuff from his past and in, and more recently, like as mentioned, his, uh, his, his nephew's murder. So he's able to, and he's also still like for a 91, he's like quite strong and fit. It's just that his, his mind is failing him. So when uh, Dominic Fishback's character, she moves in with him, like, and and this is before all of these things happened, like to kind of look after him and also because she has nowhere else to go. They kind of go on this kind of journey together, these different generations to kind of, you know, sort his life out and kind of set some things in place for what will inevitably happen is that his brain will fail in a few weeks and then he'll be back to where he was, if if not worse. So it's kind of like th- there's this bittersweet kind of inevitable, inevitable kind of in- conclusion to the story that you know is kind of is kind of coming. And it's just kind of it's about that interesting journey on, on like how it gets there and how things are, are kind of resolved. And he's also like there's a hidden treasure and a bunch of other stuff kind of going on. And it's cool, man. It's really good. It's on Apple TV Plus. That sounds cool. Uh, all the episodes are there. I was watching it like week to week as it was coming out. But uh, I think it's I think it's well worth a look. Awesome. If you are interested. Right. I forgot to mention who it was who created it. Uh, it's written by Walter Mosley. Uh, so yeah, there you go. That sounds awesome. Oh, sorry. Based on the novel of the same name, I should say. Right. Walter okay, Mosley. So there you go. Cool. And there is six episodes. Good stuff. Yeah. With a look. With a look. With a look. Go like this. I will. It's a visual medium. They can't see you. Great stuff. Uh, if you're at home, that was your phone that went off just then. <laughs> and uh, not mine. No, not Claire's. Mine. That was your phone. Um, did you know what's wonderful about having a phone? First of all, all the all the open like the communication Whoa, you can this do is with a people. Good segue, it's one James. of those things where you can, you know, it actually sure social media can bring you down. People do spend too much time looking at their phones, but one of the greatest things you can do is actually review this podcast. And this is what Trench Reynolds has done, just in app. It's as easy as that. He's given us five stars. Thank you, Trench. Uh, this podcast made me use iTunes on Windows to subscribe. Five stars, I guess. So there you go. Thank you so much. He didn't actually use his phone if Trench is, a, in fact, a male name. I don't know that for a fact. 
could be gender neutral. I don't know what that is, you know what I mean, in terms of names. Correct. Isn't that exciting? It is. The Trench went out of his way to open his computer or he, or she or they and give us this review. I wonderful. really, I really appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. It's wonderful. I agree with it's you, so Claire. Good. What else? Well, I also have a way for people to contact the show at suggestfulpodagema.com with your recommendations or yeah. what have you, comments, all of the things. So my email this week is a wonderful one and I thought you might find it interesting. The title is More Sperm Comments. Mm, We've really fired up the sperm discussion. Okay. And this one's very interesting. This is from Tomas and I really enjoyed uh, this comment. Hello, James and Claire. Hello. I also have a degree in health sciences and anthropology. All right, it's not a competition, but all right, go on. And I'm currently listening to your suggestible pod. A listener has written in to inform you that the first sperm cell to reach the egg is in fact not the one to fertilize it <sighs> and that sperm bang up against the egg in a team effort to batter down the walls and allow the stronger sperm through. Nice. Well, I'm here to tell you that there is new research what? to show that this is in fact only partially true <sighs> in an unexpected way. One of my classes in college was on the patriarchal lens that a lot of science, especially science involving the biology of women, has been performed through. Oh, this is so fascinating. And also incredibly um, fury-inducing. Recent, less biased studies have shown that the narrative of the sperm being the actors and the egg being a passive participant in fertilization is just that, a narrative. Whoa, really? And, yeah, and one dominated by male scientists and society at large as biased to present men as more capable and active than women. It is true that a lot of sperm reach the egg and seem to push against it, trying to make their way in. However, the sperm don't knock down the egg's defences with their combined might and allow one brave hero sperm to fertilise the egg. Instead, James, the egg plays a very active part in fertilisation. The egg releases chemicals that attract certain sperm to it and repel others. Really? And because sperm cells have a very weak forward thrust and actually have to be very good at detaching from surfaces they bump into that are not the egg, otherwise they'd all get stuck along the way, the egg traps them to its surface once they arrive and prevents them from accidentally leaving. From there, the sperm do... So they're like, this is boring. We can't get into this club. Let's get out of here. Yeah, but they're stuck. They're stuck. They're like, we can't. We're in this queue. Yeah, the egg traps them there. Yeah. Um, From there, the sperm do release digestive enzymes to break down the egg's outer layer and allow sperm through, after which the egg quickly prevents any more sperm from being able to pass through. So once one sperm gets in, it shuts down, basically. So it closes up. So nothing else. Yeah, it can get in. So it's obviously a really active participant in the process, which when you think about it makes so much sense. It's not just people like just just like battering up. Yeah, exactly. Or what was that idea that you had that the egg was like a house? And just sat you, there. No, that was you who also had that idea. I know. Well, yeah, I know. Me out of the but bus. it, I know, I Throw know. Me out of the we, house. <laughs> oh, exactly. There's some links here too that I might get Collings to link below. Mm. And once you see the patriarchal lens that the narrative of the hero sperm and the helpless egg presents, it's impossible to unsee it. This feels so true to so Absolutely, many different circumstances. Yeah. Because once you really realize that, it's like so many medicines were tested only on men because yeah. women's hormones got in the way, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And then there's a whole lot of research into the pill now and the effects of the pill. It's just, it's terrifying all yeah. the things. Even temperatures in buildings and how they're all kind of designed around the average man, not the average woman, which mm. is why when you look in an office building, women are fucking freezing. <laughs> 
Anyway, there is a lot we know in science that is actually a result, and he's put no in inverted commas, in science that is actually a result of sexist or racist interpretations, which we have to unlearn to understand the truth. We have a long way to go in that regard. I love your shows, all of them. I hope you find Thank this you. as interesting as I thought you might. I absolutely do. This Thank you, This was Thomas. interesting. Isn't that fascinating? And I just, it makes you really think, what else do we not really know? Like what else have we taken as, you know, for granted as being true? It's really Absolutely, yeah. And, and so much about the, the lens that we look at things through. Like a I, microscope. Correct. Yeah. I don't know. It just, I was speaking to a wonderful doctor, Dr. Neela Janakira Manan, and mm. she's written a book called The Registrar that's coming out in July, which is excellent. When's your episode coming out? Oh, I know it was supposed to come out last week, but um, we're delaying it so that when so it will come out when the book is available. Do you have an episode for out this week then? I do. It's actually a link to an old episode though, oh my but it's my one of my favorite interviews ever. Is it me? With a period preacher called uh-huh. Lucy Peach. So it's all about women's cycles and hormones and all those things, which is kind of relevant to this actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, we talk a lot about the kind of lack of information that women receive as they grow up about their own bodies and how that kind of feels a bit deliberate. And I think it's really interesting to kind of explore that whole realm because without the knowledge and and language of our own bodies, we then have a lack of power and Mm. can sort of fall into the trap of thinking that women are unreliable or too emotional and all of those sorts of things where in actuality. And they always be shopping or whatever. (laughs) Exactly. Which is not true. Where, no, exactly. But also I in mean, reality. Some, but so um, were guys. Some, Mason's a big shopper. Did you, you know that? We know. Anyway, I know. Anyway, there's just lots of assumptions that we make um, that have come from unconscious stories that we've been told about the way we are in the world, which I know extends not just to women but to all different groups of people. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, it's really interesting to delve into this kind of stuff. Anyway, so that's Taunts with Lucy Peach. And the conversation I had with Dr. Neela, she mentioned about the medical profession and how it's steeped in patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And she told me this incredibly terrible story. Just a warning here, it is a little bit explicit if you have little ease. But uh, basically hundreds of years ago when doctors were starting to explore and dissect the human body and they were then going to also help women give birth. So it used to be that midwives were the main ones in the room with women and then obstetricians kind of stepped in to assist, which is really important to, you know, save lives and, and you know, if things go wrong. However, um, it was a predominantly feminine space before that. Right. And okay. so these doctors were going from cutting up cadavers and then just going straight into birthing babies which was then causing oh women God. to get yeah. horrible diseases and die. Yeah. And the men, because they were seen as gentlemen, when what they were asked by midwives to wash their hands, said, well, gentlemen don't need to wash their hands because we have clean hands. <laughs> Far out. Yeah, I know. So there was this real battle that kind of went on for women, for the midwives to get the doctors to actually wash their hands so that women weren't becoming infected. Yeah with diseases from the cadavers that they were cutting That's up. crazy. Yeah, that kind of stuff. And so she said in medicine, she's a surgeon, you see it all the time, it's just steeped in that patriarchal yeah. idea. Even women's pain is less acknowledged and less believed. And that's, you know, fact and well-researched. It's really interesting and depressing. Yes. <laughs> but I feel like it's changing the more women that we have in the system and um, and and just the more diverse voices we have within the medical profession and other professions too. 
But yeah, worth noting and acknowledging and examining things that you think are true and whether they actually are. Right. Whether, you know, worth looking at what the, the lens on which we look at things in. All right, I've stopped rambling. That's if it. If you've got an email that you'd like to send that Claire could go into an absolute spiral. <laughs> uh, a rage do. spiral. Suggestforpod at gmail.com. Absolutely. All right, and thank you as always to Raw Collings for editing this week's episode. He's done it yet again somehow. He's done it yet again. He's the real, what are you doing over there? <laughs> oh, God, he's playing peaches again. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know if we're allowed to do that copyright. Nah, it doesn't things. go on YouTube, so it's fine. Are no you one's sure? copywriting Apple. I think they are. Who? Who's coming after me? I don't know, James. The president don't of the stir United the pot. States. The president don't stir of the, the peach United pot. States. All right. Peaches aren't even that good. A lot of peaches. Like a can of peaches is no good. No, it is. A peach on its own is Delicious. better than a can of peaches. But you, have to, you just don't know how to choose a good peach. No, no. I'm saying in a can. I love those Peaches too. come from a can. Not as No, no good. No good. There's, Weird syrup that they're in. They're Gross. delicious. They're nah. so good. I used to love them with ice cream as a kid. I only don't eat them because I know they're full of sugar. Exactly. But Claire. I love them. Would you just eat a would you on eat... a school camp when there's tinned peaches? Ho ho ho! That I'm right the there. It's the worst combination with ice of things. cream. Just give me ice cream. Ice cream and fruit mm. should never go together. Are you insane? Ice cream and fruit is like my favorite. It's an thing. affront to God, and I do not like it. You are just honestly. What is wrong with you? Fruit and ice cream, insane. Strawberries and ice cream. Nah. Best combo, fresh raspberries and ice cream? No. Why? What is wrong it's just with not, you? No. Strawberry ice cream is is delicious. Yeah, but it's not actually strawberry. No, really, when it's it? made with proper strawberries. Yeah, I agree, but that's a different thing. Is it? No, yes. I'm pretty sure that's fruit and ice cream. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> if it was different, but it's not. There's all, all right. sorts of flavors Can and Can we let the people go? Tonight, things. we've just been rambling. We've You're been rambling ram- about we've the been ice rambling, cream. rambling, have we? <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> thanks, as always, to Royal Collings for editing this week's episode. You can follow us on the socials at social uh, at, uh, at social.net. Social and thank you, as always, to Maisie for uh, running those socials. Yay. Too. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.